Welcome, everybody. This is Paul with the Discovery Podcast. Tonight, we're going to be talking about the power of now. Ray is going to be doing the presentation. Go ahead, Ray. Take the mic. Thanks, Paul. Tonight, I was thinking about patience and how that applies to the present moment. And we got to... We got to be able to see and tap into opportunities that are all around us. But the key to that is recognizing that now is the only time that you'll ever have to engage with your life. You obviously can't go back into the past and redo anything that you've already done. And you can't skip ahead to the future and do anything about that. Unfortunately, that's where most people spend most of their life is living in the past or looking forward to the future, worrying about the future, hoping that it's different from where they're at now because it's so difficult to accept what we have and where we're at. But in reality, now is all that we ever have. It's all that we ever had and ever will have. And so there's a lot of power in understanding that. But I think what keeps most people fighting that reality is that most of us are trying to escape. We've talked in previous podcasts about social media and distractions and things of that nature. And reading Daring Greatly by Brene Brown, she brought up good points that most people have different strategies to escape the moment. In essence, escaping vulnerability. Anything that makes you feel weak or inadequate, less than. And so we go into distractions of all sorts, essentially trying to escape the present moment, trying to escape facing ourselves, facing our reality, facing different truths that may bring up pain or frustration or resentment or regret. And the unfortunate part about that is that the more we work to distract ourselves from the present moment, we're essentially unavailable to any of the opportunities that will ever cross our path because they won't cross our path yesterday. If they cross our path tomorrow, it won't matter until we get there. So opportunities are present around us at all times, but if we're escaping the present moment into distractions, into numbing through drugs, through all sorts of different self-destructive behaviors, then we're not available for any of those opportunities, no matter how infinite they might be. We're completely shut off and shut down, not able to access those opportunities. So there's a few things that we can do about that. And the other night I was was reading a book, and... It's, it stood out to me that a lot of self-help books, majority of self-help books, one common theme as a tool 
to overcome depression, old um, destructive habits, negative thought loops, things like that is meditation. And a lot of people get confused with what meditation is, how to meditate, what is its purpose, you know, is it just doing nothing, you know, because a lot of people could say that they meditate all the time as much as they may sit around or or think that they're doing nothing. But what I've found in my studies uh, about meditation or around meditation is that the simplest and most powerful form of meditation is just becoming aware of the breath in the body. The simplest form of meditation you can do is taking deep breaths in, deep breaths out, and becoming conscious of the breath, thinking and pondering on the air that you bring in and the life that gives you. Because without that air, nothing that we are conscious of or experience on a daily basis is possible. So to just connect and be with the breath, focus on it as it comes in, focus on it as you breathe it out, and that that is a powerful way to connect to the now moment because there's nothing more now than that. Each breath as you as you inhale and exhale, And one thing that I found is inevitable in anybody that that does meditate or tries to meditate is that it doesn't take very long before the mind wanders off to other thoughts. And most people, when that happens, they they give up. They, They say that they have what they call in Buddhist areas is the monkey brain. The mind can't settle on any one thing, the breath or any other thing for that matter. It wants to wander off and think about the past or think about, again, the future or what happened at work and who hurt your feelings or or whatever. And in essence, it's just like an exercise. And it would be like going to the gym and you want to build strength. So you try to lift 200 pounds and say 100 pounds is more your ballpark. But you can't lift that 200 pounds, so you say, I must not be capable of building strength. When in reality, you've got to lift 100 pounds if that's in your range more and more until you can increase it to 110, 120, et cetera, et cetera. So meditation in that sense to sum up its relation to the idea of the power of now is to train the mind to come back to the the present moment when it has the tendency for various reasons to want to escape to either the past or the future. And exercise itself is, is another good tool because when you're exercising, if you're doing it right, you're, there's a lot of benefit in what they call the mind-body connection. 
So becoming conscious of the body as it engages with resistance. And like breathing and being conscious of the breath, it's another tool to practice becoming conscious of what's happening right now. When you're lifting a weight, when you're doing any sort, any form of resistance training, to be conscious of the body and how it's reacting to that resistance, but also controlling your breathing. And these things help to, just like a, any other muscle, to train the mind's ability to stay focused in the present moment and to also stay open and receptive to those opportunities that you may run into in the present moment. And the third thing is is journaling. There's so many different ways to journal, and one, one tip that I found, just like when I was learning a, a language, is to, to do it in whatever way suits you and in any way suits you. So when I was learning Portuguese, I would, you know, I would get questions from people, you know, what tool do you use? What program do you like, this program or that program? And my response is always, I don't, I don't prefer one program or the other. They all help to to absorb that language and to learn that language as quickly as possible. So from Duolingo, Pimsleur, watching YouTubes, listening to TV shows in, the, in another language, reading children's stories, watching children's cartoons in a different language, finding a friend to practice the language with, especially one that doesn't speak your native language, makes it extremely challenging and that's how that's how we grow. So same with journaling. I started out, you know, thinking I needed to write and just write what I was thinking. But now I do journal videos a lot of times. I do journal journal audio. So if I don't have time to write and I've got a thought, I'll pull out my, my voice my voice note on my phone and just record what I'm thinking. And recently started doing emotion journaling. So throughout the day, when I'm experiencing a different emotion or one emotion or another, I try to study that feeling and try to pin down what feeling it it is exactly. And in the beginning, there was a lot of emotions that I wasn't sure. I knew the, the ballpark, you know, this is somewhere around frustration, but is it anger? Is it? Am I irate? Am I enraged? Am I just frustrated? Um, And with anxiety, I found that a lot of times I'm not really anxious. I'm just tense. It's a physical tension in my body that I'm not thinking or worrying about any, any particular thing. It's just my body become tense in that moment. So it helps to again, become conscious of your present moment. And that's where all of this circles back to is being open and receptive in the present moment because that's where everything ever will be. And all too often we 
get lost in the past, we miss out on the present moment. We're worrying about the future or sitting and daydreaming about the future, we miss the present moment. We get distracted and get lost into this, you know, self-destructive behaviors, drinking, watching, you know, binge-watching TV shows, talking to this person and that person on the phone, on and on, you know, most people, it's gossip and what happened on reality TV, so many different things. We've all got our own list of go-to distractions that we're probably more than aware of. But just to keep in mind the power of the present moment and what we lose by allowing ourselves to to get pulled away and to remember that there are tools that, that can be used. Sometimes they seem too simple to be profound, like just sit and focus on the breath. It, it seems like, you know, we're, we're often, and I'm guilty myself, of looking for some complicated solution. We want to feel that we're doing something no one has ever done before or we found this life hack when some of the most powerful tools are the most simple and we struggle to find the time to do to do them. I, you know, criticized myself for a long time that I couldn't escape the idea that meditation was so powerful, but I could never find the time to do it. And I would think about all the other things I'd find time to do when True, you know, deep down, I feel that meditation can shift the way I live every part of my life. So I would ask myself, why don't I make time to do arguably the most important thing, the thing that could change all other things in my life? And it's, it's it was just another form of self-sabotage, you know, to get in my own way, to stop myself from being the best that I can be and and being open and receptive to the present moment. So that's all I got, Paul. Thank you. Well, thank you, Ray. You know, in the presentation you gave, the power of now, lots of times we don't feel that we have a lot of power in our lives, especially people who are not accountable, people who have a low self-esteem, low self-worth. I can remember years ago when I was a young man that I didn't understand the power that I had as an individual. I felt like I didn't have any choices. I felt like I had to go to work for somebody else. It's just that it's just that we we don't understand that the power that we do have. But the more that we grow, the more that we uh, transform our abilities and our, and our, our mental capacity through the journey of self-discovery, the more I have realized the ultimate power of choice that uh, is available out there. But most people does not do not have 
the opportunity in their life to grasp that uh, choice and do something about it. You said uh, a, a lot in a very small presentation, and it was really, really good, uh, the power of now presentation that you gave. Is there anything that you, uh, in the past 12 years, have recognized through the transformation that you have experienced, one of the most powerful choices that you have made that would reference the power of now in the presentation? An experience, a, a challenge that you overcame, um, something that you really felt an accomplishment through making that choice in the power of now at that particular time? Honestly, it may not seem, it may not seem, well, it's not material. So when I think of an accomplishment, I think of something maybe material or an achievement or, you know, a trophy or something like that. But the, the biggest the thing that I'm most grateful for is the understanding to have acceptance of the way. And, and again, it's it's a work in progress for me. So to meditate and to to use exercise and things like that to to lean into the present moment. But it's the learning to have the acceptance that no matter what way things are, that it is that way, and that. There's no amount of wishing it was different or thinking that it should have been different makes it different. That's not what makes it different. Tapping into the present moment and doing what you can with what you have is what can make anything different. But fighting the opposite of having an acceptance of what is is what causes you to miss the opportunities that you have in the present moment to do anything about any of it. So... I think that most of my life I fought the way things were. I wasn't happy with, my, you know, my outcome or my childhood or what it developed me to be or so I, you know, the way I perceived the way I'd have become as a result. But learning the power of acceptance and learning to embrace the present moment has just got, given me a lot of, a lot more comfort, a lot more peace, and the ability to be grateful for what I have. And you know, it's not always sunshine and rainbows, right? It's, and that's another part of acceptance. That, and as I've been, you know, journaling about emotions and stuff like that, one of the things that stands out is that emotions are like waves in the sea they come and they go and so it helps to understand what emotions you're having and and possibly why what things they could be connected to it it can help develop some insight to things you may not have noticed and you could possibly you know make adjustments and and have different outcomes but the fact of the matter is that these things come and go and to accept 
that that's a part of life, to accept that there's certain things in life that that's just the way that it is. There's going to be, peop, you know, difficult people who are struggling with their own personal demons or challenges that cause them to be inconvenient to you. These things all, with acceptance, changes your whole perspective and for me, most importantly, your ability to find peace in the storm. And that has given me the most satisfaction of, of all of my accomplishments is just to be able to find peace with the way things are because I think that my ability to continue to grow and change anything about my life has it, it rests on the ability to be grounded, be at peace in the moment, and then with, you know, from joy, do the things that are needed to continue to develop and to grow. Without that, even if you are growing, it doesn't feel all that great. And that that's the biggest accomplishment for me. Thank you very much, Ray. I was just looking at the definition of power. The definition of power is the ability to do something or act in a particular way, especially when you have many, many choices and you direct that choice to a specific act. Thank you very much for the uh, presentation. So let's go to Jody. Jody, in the presentation that Ray gave, what did you get out of the presentation, the power of now, that really came to uh, your interest in understanding the power of now that you have? Um, I think... Yeah, that was a, a good presentation. And, you know, the the big thing that stuck out is, you know, Ray mentioned, like, when we live in the present moment, we really get to, like, enjoy, like, that peace and serenity of just being, like, in the moment. So I started thinking, you know, like, well, what really holds me back from from kind of being that way all the time? And I, I started to think of some things and, like, I think the biggest one is like fear and expectation. Those are kind of the things that stood out. And when I started to think about like, well, what kind of things, um, we talked about the three-step method and the identify and confront. Those are the, the things I need to use in order to figure out like when do I start getting distracted out of the present moment and when do I kind of get derailed and Ray mentioned meditation is a great way to kind of stay in that moment. Um, and it, it's a good practice to help um, us to be more proactive and for those things to kind of happen naturally. Um, but when I started looking at, you know, different times that I would live in the past or predicting to the future, I started thinking of, well, like, when we live in the past, we're just kind of reinforcing that past program conditioning and it just kind of makes me do the same thing over and over again. And there's, there's nothing I can really do 
there's no productivity in living in the past. You're basically just kind of replaying what you thought the situation was. And sometimes that changes, and it's not really a, a reflection of kind of the reality of things. And a lot of people have a lot of, I guess, regret over things they did or things they didn't do or things they missed out on. And kind of reliving that just kind of gets people stuck in in the past, and they can't really move on from it. They're not really learning from it. They're not really doing anything. And that kind of causes people just to kind of be miserable. They're reliving those, like, negative moments. And then there's people that relive, like, all the positive moments, too. They'll go through photo albums. They'll they'll go through to reunions and all kinds of things. And those really just, like, that joy and that happiness already happened. Like, that was... That was in, in the past. So you're kind of just, you're not really doing anything new. You're just kind of reliving something that already happened. And then I started to think about, like, uh, stress and anxiety, where a lot of people look at the future. They're always like, well, I'm worried about this, or how can I pay my bills, or, you know, what I need to do today to kind of uh, ensure things happen in the future. And most of the things people worry about never happen. Um, They're just kind of projecting. They're just kind of guessing, um, or they're holding some sort of expectation. They they expect the future to play out a certain way, and unfortunately, that rarely happens. There's so many things that can happen that change how we expect things or expect people to act, and that just kind of sets us up for failure. So that's not like a good way to really have that peace and enjoy the present moment either. So there's a, one thing I started thinking about, like, well, if I'm always living in the now, how do I ever even plan for anything in the future? Um, and I started thinking, like, well, if I, if I really just, like, planning is good, but we can't get stuck there. It's kind of like the identify and confront phase where we take moments to reflect and identify and confront these issues, but the, the progress part is all in the, the being proactive so the living in the now is being the, pro, being the proactive part and gain that power in order to enjoy life and, and create what we plan to do. Um, as long as we, we don't have any major expectations, um, it, it's good to plan. It's good to have an idea of where we're going, um, but not to be stuck in, in dwelling in that planning phase and move on to the proactive, the now Thanks, Paul. Thank you very much, Jody. That was a good, very good sharing that you know, that you uh, had there. Let's go to uh, Jeff and uh, ask you a question here about the power of now presentation. Presentation. What kind of power do you feel that you have in your life right now that will make a difference in your life in the future? Um, well, I would say that a lot of what's been brought up in today's conversation about being present in the moment is really important um, and relates to how we can leverage our own power um, to benefit our future because um, anything, any change or any power 
uh, any change you're trying to make in your life or any power that I'm trying to exercise in my life can only be exercised in the moment. Um, you, all you have is the present moment. You don't have the future. It's just a figment of your imagination. You, don't, uh, you can't control that um, um, unless, until you're, unless you're in the moment and organizing your present so you can control your future. You can't do anything about your past because that's already happened. So the true power of in, every, in everyone's life is in the present. Um, and uh, I would also say that uh, there is power, though, in not dwelling on the past but in understanding it. So people run into trouble, and I've run into trouble in my past, if um, – um, when I try to, when I spend too much time replaying cringe-worthy moments um, of my of my past, like things that I, like I just randomly think of and like, oh, I wish I hadn't done that. I really wish I hadn't done that, or wish I hadn't said that. Um, but you do get some benefit from not from replaying stuff so you can feel shame and guilt and you know cringe at yourself for something stupid you might have done. But you do get benefit from trying, thinking about it so you can take some sort of lesson from it of how can I orient myself going forward so that this doesn't happen again or, that, or so that I can use what I experienced here to reap some sort of benefit in the future. And that takes time. That takes you trying to think about what happened to you in the past in different ways. Um, and that takes time, but um, certainly punishing yourself about something that happened in the past is never going to help you. And that's something that's hard to learn. That was something that's hard for me to learn because like, growing up, and I think it's common for people like growing up to feel like they need to feel bad about having done something. You need to feel guilty about having done something because that's actually something we're taught. You should feel guilty uh, for doing, for behaving in this way, for behaving in a moral way or breaking a rule, you should feel guilty about that. For hurting somebody, you should feel guilty. But that's really only a step. Um, feeling guilty is really only a step, a motivator to change. So feeling guilty in itself is not helpful. Feeling shame in itself is not helpful. Um, unless that is pushing you to do something about that feeling, to correct it. Um, so if you keep going back to the past, to punish yourself about the past without um, trying to learn a lesson from it um, and trying to change your behavior going forward, then there's no reason for you to feel guilty. You might as well be, uh, be a complete psychopath who doesn't feel guilty at all for anything you've done because you're not learning a lesson from it. Um, and it, benefits, it doesn't benefit you and it doesn't benefit the person you hurt or um, um, it doesn't benefit you or the person that you hurt to feel guilty about it. So. Um, uh, if you have to feel guilty, you might as well use it to motivate you to change. Um, um, and also one thing that uh, um, I think uh, um, that uh, Ray talked about um, that I think is really beneficial is is definitely noticing how you feel and what made you feel that way. Because that's one way you can figure out how to orient yourself to start feeling good more frequently and bad less frequently. I don't think you're ever going to be able to get rid of pain. Um, and actually, I think pain is a really good 
it's, it's really important to be able to tolerate it um, and sit in pain so, uh, so because that's the only way you can change it, um, make that feeling go away. It's not by just pushing it away. It's, you have to actually experience pain in order for, you, for that pain to go away. Otherwise, it'll keep coming back. But if you can notice how you feel and know what caused you to feel that way, you can eventually, and it takes a while, but you can eventually start organizing um, your life in a way that you're, you limit your exposure to things that cause you pain um, and start um, growing the things in your life that uh, give you positive emotion. Um, and by positive emotion, I don't necessarily mean pleasure or happiness. I, I, I more mean like meaning um, because any sort of, positive emotion like happiness or pleasure, although they are um, a good thing to experience and it's not a bad, it's not like I, I, I'm saying you shouldn't be experiencing them. I think it's good to have that, um, have, have positive emotion. But meaning is much more long-lasting. Having meaning in your life has much more long-lasting and much more meaningful uh, or much more beneficial um, than being happy. Um, because being happy is um, really, it's, it's fleeting. It, it fades over time. It's, it's literally psychologically impossible to stay 100% happy all the time. There's going to be ups and downs in your mood. Ups and downs in your mood. Um, the only people who are truly happy all the time are manic, people who are manic. Um, and people like that um, tend, to, tend to end up in insane asylums or uh, absolutely destroying their lives because they can't function normally because they are erratic and um, very disorganized and um, they, they just are chasing that high all the time and they're, they're basically being led, um, like pulled, uh, pulled by momentary impulses because happy people are actually impulsive people. Happiness causes you to become more imp impulsive. And if I look back on my life, it's when I've been feeling intense happiness that I'm more likely to be like, hell yeah, let's celebrate. Let's do something fun. Let's do something stupid because I'm like, this is a great day or something like that. And, you know, end up eating unhealthy foods or um, drinking too much or something like that. Um, so chasing meaning, which means taking on responsibility and um, trying to find a purpose for yourself, um, um, which you can only do if you're in the moment. Um, when you're pursuing that meaning is, I think, really the key to um, living a life that, uh, or taking power, um, taking your power um, and um, expanding it um, and growing it so that you can live a more fulfilling life. Thank you, Jeff, for, you know, your sharing this evening. Um, Ray, the power of now presentation that you gave today was a very good uh, presentation. And Jody and Jeff, we really appreciate you sharing, you know, your power of now uh, definition in your life. Well, let's go to next Thursday night, 7.30. Don't forget to call 518-992-1035 and use access code 655 one four five. We will see you next Thursday night. Tell your friends, relatives, and even your enemies. Be on call next Thursday night, seven thirty. See you then. Bye.